get connected with Take Two Radio on Facebook or Twitter at Take Two Radio. For email updates on future shows, follow at Blog Talk Radio. For previous episodes, upcoming guests, and more, visit Take2Radio.com. The Mallard Report, the fastest hour in paranormal talk radio. Oh. It's the Mallard Report. Hey. It's the Mallard Report. The opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. All listeners are advised to make their own decisions. And now your host, Jim Mallard. Welcome to the Mallard Report. Listen, review, subscribe. You've already found the Mallard Report. You know how good it can be. You know how bad it can be. But I want you. I want to take a moment and encourage you to tell a friend. Take the time. Send them a Facebook message. Send them a text message. Send them a tweet. Personally invite them to tune into the program. Okay. My guest tonight is Tammy Hoopler. No. Hoppler. Hoppler. My pronunciation here didn't help. I should stop trying to write these things down. It makes things worse. Okay, let's see if I can get this right. Spirit Chasers Paranormal Society of Northern Virginia. Correct. Let's start there. What what what's the group's website before we get past that? Because I'll probably forget. It's spirit chasers.com. Oh see, I should have wrote I should have did that one. That was easy enough. Uh, <laughs> how how uh, this is kind of this again interviewing from backwards. How long has the group been together? Um, I started this group about four years ago. Okay, so you've been around for quite a long enough, right? Is that what we kind of want to say? Because there's that first when you first get into it, there's that all that I don't want to say excitement, but and then it kind of levels out and kind of now you're kind of at a place where you know what you're doing, kind of. Or am I putting words in your mouth? Are you still still really excited to be doing this? Well, um, it's it's it, it, I'm a little an anomaly. Um, when I when I started, the reason I started the group was I, I really was a totally non-believer. I didn't watch the shows. I didn't believe anything I was seeing on TV. I really just wasn't buying into it. Um, and then I happened to be somewhere, and somebody was doing an investigation, and I saw real time equipment going off. EVPs, you know, spirit boxes, and I'm sitting there sort of um, scratching my head thinking, trying to find some explanation for why all this is happening, and I couldn't. So I decided, okay, I need to I need to learn more about this. I have an IT background, so it's like, okay, I need to investigate this. I need to figure out what's going on, you know, what's causing this. I wasn't, still wasn't really buying into it. So um, I went, uh, bought a few pieces of equipment, decided, okay, I'm going to start here. And uh, as luck would have it, um, a friend of mine invited me to a, a social gathering, um, and she said, you know, Tammy, I, I know that you started, you know, uh, getting into the paranormal, but come to this gathering because where we're going, uh, apparently there's activity that happens there. 
So I said, well, cool, you know, first time out, you know, I've only had the equipment for a few months, a uh, few weeks, so let me go test it out. So I, I went to this location, and that night changed everything. Um, it actually had something there that wasn't um, human. Um, I had a piece of my uh, equipment thrown at me. Um, entity there actually ended up being a roommate of mine for a little over two months. And during that period of time, I had decided, you know what, I, I totally veered to just going out and just doing ghost hunting. Um, I wanted to help people that was in a situation that I was in and remove whatever distractions or whatever entities or, or whatever was going in their home that was frightening them. So I took a total veer. I mean, I didn't even, um, I probably within three months of, of getting into this, that was the path that, that my heart told me to take. So you, you were hooked pretty qu- pretty quick out of the, out the shoot, so to speak. And and by the I way, totally hooked right <laughs> by the way, some of the people in the chat room, and I want to echo, echo this, that spirit-chasers.com is a, a, a very good site. That avoids my well, avoids my major pet peeve when I look at group sites because if I can't tell the difference between a Halloween clip art site and your website, we've got a problem. But that's here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I go to team sites and they go, I go, okay, I get it. It's a you go you hunt ghosts. I don't need the animated gift ghost background. You know, woo. Okay. <laughs> before before I get myself in trouble. More than I already did talking <laughs> talking on Facebook Live this afternoon. Um, so when when that when that change happened, because that's quite a life changing ha- experience to have happen. Because I've had it happen where you go from skeptic, non believer, on the fence to believer, investigator. Did it, did it change your personal life any when you started talking about this? Um, initially, I would only, uh, discuss this with people, you know, like-minded people, um, or, you know, clients, of course, that would reach out. Um, after a while, uh, word got out what I was doing and, um, you, you have the 50-50, you have those that think, well, that's really cool. And then you have those that think that stuff doesn't exist. So, you know, you have like one or the other. Um, but as far as me as a person, you know, it never changed um, our relationship as friends or coworkers or whatnot. Um, so in that regard, you know, the only thing that's really changed as far as my life goes is that, you know, I have a full-time job. Um, and this is like a second full-time job. You just don't get paid for it. Um, so with that being said, that's really... And then, you know, sometimes you, you do get hitchhikers and you have to deal with those, but um, that's really the only thing that's really changed. It's just a, it's an extremely time-consuming um, hobby, if you want to call it, or ambition or whatever, you know, term you want to use. Yeah, it does. And then I guess we can dive off into this, this niche of a topic real quick because you go out and do an investigation we'll talk about now when you go out and do an investigation now how much talk to me about the 
not necessarily even investigation because we'll say you do what between somewhere like eight hours when you're on site, but there's the time beforehand, which adds up in a hurry, and the time the more more time than people realize after an investigation going through your audio and all this other stuff. So how do you how do you manage all that? So let's just say we're doing a location and, and um, we decide that we need, uh, we usually have the DVR, which is four cameras, and then we also have um, static cameras that are put in different rooms too. So let's just say, let's just say that we're at a, somebody's home because 99% of what we do are private residences. So let's just say we're at somebody's home for say six hours. And we have four, what, six, seven cameras. So that's seven times um, six hours of data that you have to go through. So that's like, what, 42 hours. And then on top of that, you also have all the audio that you've captured, whether it's through, um, you know, uh, EVPs or through the spirit box or whatnot. So typically what our schedule is, like, um, we will do an investigation um, on a Saturday night, say. The following weekend and throughout the week after our normal jobs, we start going through all the data. So the following weekend, we try to finish it up. Um, it can actually take two or three weekends to get everything in, depending on how many cameras that we use. Because what I'd like to do afterwards, even though we've already done the investigation, we've, all, we've already removed whatever was there, we also want to get back to the customer and let them know what we've discovered. Because a lot of the times, you know, they kind of like, they, they know it's no longer there, but they'd like to know was there and, and, and like to have some type of um, evidence. So, you know, it, it's pushing a deadline to get something back to the client as well. Yeah. Well, not pushing it so hard that you miss stuff, which is a very, that's a line in the sand, it seems, at times, where it keeps moving because you're trying and you don't want to try too hard because you just start listening and you start going deaf to the sounds you're listening for. And as you as you experienced before the show, the chat room is just buzzing and there's a bunch of questions. I'm writing them all down or trying to. So if I don't necessarily answer okay. you right away, I've got most of them wrote down. So the, the one that kind of catches up with where we're at here is about hitchhikers and attachments. Have you had one personally? Um, yes. The very first case that I did, um, it wasn't even a case. It was a social gathering I told you about. Um the uh, so the night I walked through there, I had a, a K2 meter, and that's the little EMF detector that you see on TV with the little flashing lights across the top of it. So I had that in the spirit box and um, a couple other things. And I'm walking through the location. There's three people with me, and I walked into this one area. When we had gone to the lower level, something pulled me over to this side room. And I said, well, what's over in this room? And they said, well, that, you know, there's a pool table there and so forth. So I got pulled over there for some reason. I go in and I, I take the K2 and I, I sit it on the edge of the pool table and um, I go to ask the question. And the next thing I know, this thing goes flying off the table at an arc and lands and hits me on the foot. So the three people that are standing there, you know, their, their jaws dropped and I just picked it back up and I put it on the table and I said, do it again. And um, it wouldn't. So I said, okay, let's try to debunk this. So I had them turn the lights on and, and I put the K2 back where it was and I tried it in different positions just to see, you know, it didn't fall off. It really did fly off, but I just wanted to rule out anything. So I, I put the K2 back on the table at different angles and then the uh, one of the, the gentlemen that was in there with me, he he was at the end of the pool table and he, he took his hand and he started 
slam in the side of the pool table trying to make it fall off, and it just wouldn't fall off. Well, unbeknownst to me, when I left there, yeah, I made I made a lot of mistakes on that first, you know, that first investigation. But unbeknownst to me, when I left there, that thing followed me home, and I didn't really, I wasn't aware of it. The first indications I had was when um, my dog started acting a little out of sorts. She kept staring at the ceiling. At night, she would hide her head under the, the bed. Um, in the mornings when we would come down, she'd stop at the top of the stairs and stare at the ceiling. I'm thinking, why are you staring at the ceiling? And I'm looking around trying to figure out what is she looking at at night. I couldn't understand why she was hiding her head. And it's really a long story, but just to speed it up, um, there was something, there was something one morning that I saw when I woke up, which was what she had been seeing. And it actually showed itself to me. So at that point, um, I decided to uh, get Sage. I said, okay, I need Sage, another mistake. Uh, so let me get Sage. Let me see whatever is here, whatever followed me home, I need to get rid of it. So I started staging the house one day, and I started in the basement, and I started working my way up. And right when I get to uh, my room and where I had seen it standing that morning, I'm staging, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this dark shadow shoot through the bathroom. So I go chasing it with a sage. Because at this point, it scared my dog. I've been waking up with scratches on me. I had no idea what this thing was. Um, I chased it into the bathroom. Then I went into the adjoining room where I thought it may have gone through, staged there. And at that point, it left me alone. It, it stopped messing with me, no more scratches. I don't know, maybe it thought I was crazy, but it just left me alone. But it was still there because my dog was still acting funny. So I, I started reaching out, and I found somebody that was recommended to me. And he came over, and I told him the whole story. I told him exactly what I had seen, um, and he said, it's a parasite. And I had no idea what a parasite was. And so he went through and he did his cleansing. And um, the investigator that I was working with at the time, who's my partner, um, I had him come over as well. And he had set up some equipment prior to this gentleman coming over to do the cleansing. So the gentleman went through, he did the cleansing, he got rid of whatever was there. That night up to today, my dog has never once stared up at the ceiling. She has never once hit her head under the bed. No more scratches, no more shadows, nothing. So I started trying to figure out what this parasite was that he was referring to. So I did some, you know, did some research, and there there are things called astral parasites, and they say, they seem to run parallel with a lot of demonic um, cases. So, for example, somebody can think that they actually have a demonic case, but an infestation of a parasite can mimic it. The only thing that I've discovered, the difference between the two is the parasite, they don't have like a religious base. So you can be, you can have holy water or crosses and crucifixes. They're not going to touch any holy objects, number one. And number two is they don't tend to have any of the odors or the smells that's associated with the demonic, the salt or the rotting meat. So over the years, um, we've had at least four or five other cases where they thought was demonic, 
and they turned out to be these parasites. Um, they're not impossible to get rid of, um, but they can be, you know, they can be removed, and, and they, it takes some effort. But there's specific prayers and stuff that that we uh, we do to to remove them. Well, I I want to jump back a couple minutes because it caught me off guard. You said that sage was a mistake. Yeah, saging saging is. Um, well, let me let me preface it with one more thing. When I yeah. decided to go down the path that that I went, I wanted to make sure that what I was learning that was coming from people that had been doing this for thirty plus years. So, with the grace of God, um, Keith Johnson had had offered to be my mentor, and um, but I mean, he he uh, we had several conversations because he wanted to to let me know what I was getting into. So we had several conversations back and forth and and so forth, and um, he, he agreed to be my mentor. So when I went down that path, I really wanted to make sure that I had somebody established that I could reach out to with questions or concerns as I'm learning, you know, learning this. Um, and then along the way, I, I've gathered others as well. But um, I lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking about sage. I guess is where we where the question was started. So oh, yeah, and one of the things that he had told me about was the sage. Um, is you have to be very careful because if you are in an infected situation where there is um, a demon present, the sage will anger them, and you have to be extremely careful in those cases. Sage isn't meant to remove a ghost or a demon or or, or a spirit. Sage is meant to remove negative energy in a home. So, for example, if there's like a lot of fighting in the house or maybe you're caring for a sick person over an extended period of time, the sage is really good at getting rid of the negative energy, but the sage will not get rid of a ghost or a spirit or a demon. And in, in cases where there is possibly a demonic infestation, you don't want to pull out the sage. Good to know. Okay, so... So I guess my question is, so what, what do you use sage for, I guess, before we get into how to handle the other stuff? The sage is for negative energy. Just neg the sage just is straight for negative energy. Okay, and, and is it more for a, the person or is it more for the house or the location? The location. So for the location, so let's just say there's been a lot of fighting going on in your home for a couple of weeks. Um and it's just that negative energy sort of gets built up in the home. So the sage helps to remove the negative energy out of out of the the space itself. Because really, sage is nothing but a plant. There's there it's, it's not blessed. There's there's nothing there's nothing um, holy about it. So really, the sage is just a plant that removes the negative energy. So for example, you know if I've been you know sick for a few weeks or or whatnot. Um, I might run sage through, my house, through the house just to get rid of any of the negative energies in the house. It's not to get rid of anything negative with me, but in the residence. Good to know. So, okay, so I know this is going to sound cliche, and it, it is because it's just horrible, but it's the question at this point we need to, to ask. So a person comes to you and says they think they have a demon at their house. So what's the process like for that? 
Well, first time, the first thing is demons are extremely, extremely rare. Um, nine times out of ten, they, in my cases, the cases that we've dealt with in personal experience, of all the cases we've done, I've, we've only had one case that was an actual demonic case. The cases that sort of borderlined where the, the, the client is getting scratched or there's things going on, they're hearing voices, negative voices, or negative things going on in the house, those have been the parasites, which I've nicknamed critters. So if I split and say critters, that's what I'm referring to. Um, that's what those have been. Those have not been demonic. Like I said, there's only been one case that even though I, the D card is the last card I'll ever draw, but there's only been one case that did have the, the signs of being demonic that we've worked on. Yeah, because I, I have this phrase right on my notes. It's not really a question, but due to the infestation of television shows good job there out of you um <laughs> because it seems there, there's a particular show i will not mention its name but nine times out of ten on that show in particular that's the word that gets thrown around like uh like i'd like to throw candy at halloween so people get that in their mind that that's what they have and it what makes them believe when they call somebody because then you know once you start playing with it in your mind it spins out of control and you need to Somebody to help you. So it's a lot of times. This is no, my. Exp- I was gonna say this is my experience. A lot of times, trying to put that fire back out with a client than it is trying to figure out what is actually going on. Yeah, there's certain questions like you want to ask certain things regarding religious items being disturbed, um, any odors or smells that's, that's unidentified. Um, animals animals can be fearful of a critter, the, the parasite, like my dog was sort of uh, shied away from it, but she wasn't aggressive towards it. Now, this can be based on the type of dog or cat you have, but if you're dealing with something demonic, the animal, and like I said, it all depends on the personality of the animal, they will act more aggressive towards something of that nature. Yeah, an- animals are often the first to know. They are. Those and the children, any, any cases that we deal with that have pets involved, or children, and uh, those are the ones that we put as high priority because we've dealt with some bad cases where children were involved, and one in particular was a little baby that was less than two years old, and she was sort of like the target. Um, so any of those types of cases, we definitely we put the top of the list. And when we go in, we, we, we do everything in one night, so we just don't go in and, and do an investigation and then go back and do the clearing. When we're doing the investigation based on the information that we're getting, and I'm also a sensitive, which I never even knew, um, but I'm also a sensitive, and my partner's a sensitive as well. He's more on the empathic side. But I have the ability to tell um, whether we're dealing with human or inhuman. And I really I really second-guess myself a lot, but there's been enough evidence after the fact that proves that I'm pretty much right on. I've been in a case where I said we were in we were in this room and we were getting ready to prepare to set up the equipment and stuff and I and it was a, a negative case, it was a critter case, and I said, um, okay, it's standing right beside me. I can feel it. It is standing right beside me. Well the investigator that was in there with me happened to have him his mail with him because we had just done baseline. So he walked over beside me with his mail and his mail is spiking had no cell phones. I don't carry cell phones in investigations. They either stay in my purse or in the car. Uh, but he walked over to me as I said that, and, and, and it's spiking. 
um, I've been standing there and I've had something hiss right behind me, audibly hiss, not through equipment, but where we're talking and there's something hissing behind me where the investigator standing five feet away could hear it. And um, so having that, that ability as well, if you want to call it that, that sort of also helps doing an investigation because if they want to hide, um, and not show themselves the equipment or whatnot. They can do that because if, if you don't have some type of a, um, a way to to draw them out, whether it's by um, uh, being a sensitive or, or some other means, then you can really go into a location and leave and say, well, I didn't find anything. There's nothing here. So I think it's kind of, it's been a, a positive and a minus in some cases. Um, but it, it, it's worked in our, on our behalf, you know, um, being able to, to know the difference and what we're dealing with because we want to know that night what we're dealing with and then get rid of it before we leave. And then, like I said, we don't, we don't do anything. If you look at my website, we're Christian-based, and I believe that we're just a tool God works through. We don't take credit for anything. It almost seems like you're listening or paying attention to the chat room because you've answered two of the questions that just popped up while you're answering. Yeah, so you're, you're doing good, making I'm my job so easy. <laughs> I want to concentrate on talking to you. That's good. No, it's all good though. It's good. At least you're answering some of their questions, so I don't have to ask. Try to keep up with all of them. They're they're popping it up good okay. tonight, which is good. Keeps my mind fresh because they're seeing things from different perspectives than I see it from. So that's all good. And. I'm supposed to ask you about, so what kind of things do you use for a clearing then? If we're, I mean, so if we're limiting sage a little bit, so what other, is it mostly prayers then, or is there other physical things that you use? Um, have you ever been to a Catholic mass? No. Okay, so the incense that they use at Catholic masses, that's what we use, and we, everything that we use has been blessed by the Catholic priest. So we use the same incense that they use at a Catholic mass. Um, we have deliverance prayers um, that we do through the house along with, I call it a fumigation. We do a fumigation um, through each house. If we're dealing with a critter, um, there's an additional prayer that actually a priest gave me um, the end of last year for some of the more serious cases. Um, there's another prayer that, that we use for the critter cases because sometimes they're a little more difficult to, to get rid of. And it also helped with that demonic case that we worked on. Um, but it's prayers, it's um, the, um, uh, the the fumigation. And like I said, you know, we're just the vessels. We're calling on a much higher power than ourselves to do this. Right. I agree. You have to, if you're going to use spirit, you've got to use all spirit. Anyways, I'll keep it kind of clean with saying that because I'm sure you'll get... People who don't like me saying that because that's my opinion. Heaven forbid. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you said earlier 99% of your your cases are private residential cases, but where where's that other 1%? Anywhere people out there listening would know? Um, when, we ever, when we get a chance, we like to do um, historical cases occasionally. I was able to do one about a month ago. And that was the first one I'd been able to do in like a year. So occasionally we'll go to a historical location and do something just for fun. Um, but other than that, the, the last, this year the, the cases have come in waves. It's been kind of interesting. They'll come in waves 
and then it'll die out. And like right now I have a list of 12 that have crossed my desk over the past week that we have to, you know, get back with the client and, and determine, you know, a, a time to go to, to, to go visit. Um, but, you know, the, 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 I prefer doing, actually I prefer doing the home because it's sort of a sense of satisfaction afterwards. Um, the, the, the relief um, that, that you've given people, especially, like I said, when their children or, or pets involved, the relief that you've given them, it's, it's very rewarding. I, I just can't explain um, when you talk to them a week later or three days later and they tell you everything is great, nothing else is happening, it feels good, you know, no more noises, no more scratching, no more this or that that they were experiencing. And, and, um, but we, we, we've had a couple of cases where, one in particular, where they, um, I knew, I knew the gentleman did not, not have anything paranormal going on in his house. I just knew it. But over the past year, um, somebody had um, been telling him otherwise and charged him uh, a total of $5,000 and told him that he had, you know, things attached to him and he has demons and, and all of this stuff. And this gentleman was a retired man and, and, um, but talking to him and I, I knew he had nothing there. It's a long story, but I spent like probably 20 hours on the phone with him over a few weeks. And I said, look, we're, we're coming down. We're going to prove that there is nothing there. So um, one of the investigators, I, so I have investigators I use, one for the, the more serious cases, and then I have others I use for the more, you know, benign cases or just the normal haunting. So I, I told the investigator, I said, look, I know there's nothing there. I said, but this poor man has been ripped out of $5,000. And I said, we need to go down so we can just ease his mind. There's nothing there. And uh, he can just, you know, move on and figure out what else is happening. So we went down there and, and um, what it turned out being was um, he had enough EMF in that. It was a townhouse. He had enough EMF in that place. It was like living in a fair day box. He had power lines that were close enough that when we went through to do baselines, our equipment was spiking in every single room. We could only stay in that place for like 30 minutes at a time because we needed to leave because we started feeling the effects of it. And the only room in that entire place that he felt good, we had no EMF readings. But he had been told otherwise over a year. You know, somebody had charged him, like I said, five thousand dollars, and um, and at the end of the night, I said, "Look, we're still doing the clearing. I'm still doing, you know, the the, the fumigation. We're still going to do the blessing over the home. We're going to do it from top to bottom. Um, but from what we've done tonight, there is nothing, you know, in this house. So in cases like that, even though you know there's nothing going on you still don't want to see somebody being ripped off or frightened. So sometimes you just have to take that extra step just to help somebody, you know, it, it may not be what they want to hear, but sometimes people want to have a ghost there for whatever reason. So sometimes it's not what they want to hear, but it's the best for them. Oh, we could talk about people wanting to have ghosts in places and, and not having them and begging you to, Oh wait, I better shut up. Anyways, <laughs> I, well, I haven't mentioned the person's name yet, so it's all factitious at this point. Um, <laughs> and, and, by the way, 
that's horrible that people are out there ripping people off for thousands of dollars. I could say that without any certainty. That that is just horrendous. I can't even imagine saying taking any money from anybody for any of this, but let alone that much money for something that is so clearly obvious to be normal, not paranormal. I know that it was two visits. Apparently, one I think the first one was like fifteen hundred, and then they came back and charged him thirty five hundred. So, uh, but this poor man, I'm on the phone with him, and and like I said, he's retired, and he I'm on the phone with him, and and he's convinced he's possessed. He's possessed. He's he's convinced he's got some some demon attached to him based on what this person told him. And he was just living in a fright. He literally one night for over an hour, and I didn't realize this until an hour into the conversation, he had gone down to the local, I think it was like Staples, he was going to back something. He sat in there for an hour talking to me because he felt uncomfortable going home. Well, I'm glad you were able to give him some peace of mind, first and foremost, before we get moving into any of these other fun things that I've got in my list of things to talk about. So, have... Well, you've mentioned that you are a little sensitive. What what are your thoughts on mediums then? Have you ever had a reading? Um, my thoughts on mediums? Yeah. Um, I think there's good ones out there. And I think there's others that are like what happened to this gentleman. It was a medium basically that that took the five thousand dollars from him. So I think that there's, you know, th- there are good ones um, that have the ability to um, discern um, spirits. Um, I think there's others that um, they're they're kind of want to be mediums. They don't really they don't have um, I don't think they have the, the same um, experience. Um, I'm just trying to, to keep this so I don't get a lot of hate mail here. Um, <laughs> don't blame me anyways. They'll send it to me. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Um, everybody will start tweeting me tomorrow and hate me. But it's like any other profession. You've got good doctors. You've got bad doctors. You've got good investigators. You have bad investigators. You've got good mediums, and you've got bad mediums. So if if they're good and they're able to go in and, you know, ascertain whether something is a human, a demonic, or, or a, 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 a critter, a parasite, and they have those abilities, then I think that's great. I would work with one. I haven't met one yet. Um, but if you know if they are out there and they can help people in those in those areas, then I think it's wonderful. You're referring to people that do cold readings, which is a very specific skill. If you're good at it, um, people make a lot of money doing it, even though it's very unfortunate because there's no gift to it. It's just a matter of um, telling people what they want to hear. Because if you throw enough mud at the wall, eventually something will stick. Like, I, I'm going to do it to you right now. You have a male that has passed, worked hard, probably smoked. I can see him. He wants me to tell you he's proud of you. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah my father has passed away. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. And, and that, oh, he was your father. Okay, that makes sense. That's why he's so close to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, I know, exactly. Uh, but like I said, I don't have a lot of experience. I, I can't even say that I have a relationship with any mediums. And that's why I really want to be careful because I don't want to, I don't want to insult any really good mediums out there. Um, so I just don't have, the, the experience I've had has been very minor. And like I said, this one particular case, the gentleman used a medium and, and, and I'm sure she's probably the exception to the rule. I don't have, we don't have mediums on the, in the group. So, um, my involvement with them is, is really not very, I just don't really have any, any involvement with mediums and, and, and so far in these cases, we haven't really needed to. Which is fine. And like I, um, I had a medium tell me once, if if we weren't skeptical of all of them and we believed everything, the good mediums wouldn't be good mediums. They'd just be another medium. So, I would love to. I would love to have a you know a a, 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 a vetted medium that somebody referred to me and and said you know if you ever need a medium you know this is the person that you'd like to use. Um, we just never really had um, an application to 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 look for one or or need one. Um, but I'm always willing to, you know, I want to have a very, um, varied group that no matter what case hits us, there might be somebody like there's a scientist now that, that, um, that I'm talking to that maybe come part of the group and he will be, you know, very beneficial in, in some of the stuff that we do to look at some of the readings and stuff after our investigations and, you know, compile his own information regarding, um, on, on the scientific side to see what he can gain, uh, the knowledge wise based on, you know, what, what's happening to us and then what's happening in, on the scientific side of it. So he can, you know, piece that together. Uh, so I'm, I'm open to, to work with people in varied interest. You know, I have no problem with that, but when you go to somebody's home, it's a huge responsibility. You're messing with somebody's life. This isn't just going to a local haunted historical location and, and leaving and not affecting anybody. When you go into somebody's home, it's their life you're affecting. And I'm just very, very protective of all my clients. Yeah. And when you go into somebody's home, you can't take the circus, so to speak. You've got to be very choosy of who you take. Right. And like I said, when usually there's two because, you know, you take more than that. And for us, if you take more than that in, then you don't know where this person is or that person, and, and if, if you know, and, and there's evidence that you could possibly get thrown out because you're not really sure where, you know, where was Bob when this was happening or when this noise happened? Has this been Mary? You know, so we we try to keep it with just two. It'll be me and then one other investigator, and we're always fact checking each other. You know, we'll fact check stuff, I and mean, we've had issues where we've had doors almost blown off a room when we were there. Um, we had fact-checked everything prior to to know that door was locked. You know, we knew that door was locked. There was nothing. Um, there was no one else in the room. So when you have a small group, you have a better way to contain that that, that data, and 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 um, so it's it's not contaminated. You know, any of the evidence that you get is not contaminated. So I'm just waiting for one of my team members to text me and say, we're not the circus, but I haven't got it yet, but I'm sure I'll get it here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I know one, at least one of them is listening, and I know it's just going to come. It's either going to be on Facebook or a text message any second now, because that's just how this goes. 
But what have you ever done a daytime investigation? Um, no, because primarily we do them at night because usually it's like in the evenings after our job. Um, I would have no problem doing a daytime investigation if we're dealing with just a normal haunting uh, because ghosts are out 24 seven. You, know, you can get, you know, you can get evidence during the day or night. The night tends to be better if you think you're dealing with something on the demonic level because that's usually when they're more active and also because there's less um, uh, contamination. You don't have people outside, you know, cars driving by as much or kids outside playing. Um, so you're, you, it, it's more silent in the evening. There's, there's less outside noises to, to have to uh, contend with. So as we get in rhythm here, as I start connecting the dots and doing this properly, what what paranormal things keep you awake at night? Is there a topic or just thinking about doing an investigation, or is there anything that keeps you up? No, it's really it's really strange because I I don't really lose um, I I don't really lose sleep over this um, the, the the cases we do. I, it's hard to explain. Like this is Halloween time, right? So everybody's going to the haunted forest and so forth. And I do that every year and I'll go through the haunted forest and I will scream like a three-year-old things jumping out at me. But in these cases where we've had things right beside of us or threaten us or things being thrown or doors being, you know, almost ripped off the hinges, I sort of go into this, um, a different place. It's almost like a, a Zen. It's like, there's no fear. It's just like that's taken away and you just, you know, you, you've got a job to do, you concentrate, and you do it. So the difference between the two, I don't know what what um, kicks off that, that sense of calmness in those situations. Um, I, I, I know several years ago I was um, listening to an interview that um, Adam Bly did. And I remember he was asked the question, um, do you ever get scared? And his answer made so much sense to me at the time, and it actually makes more sense now. He says, people that's called to do this by God has a natural lack of fear, that God will take that fear away from you. And I kind of wonder if that could possibly be it. Because there's no other reason why some of the stuff that we've experienced and seen and witnessed that um, the calmness would remain with us. Because a normal person would run out of a home with some of the stuff that we've seen. Yes, it becomes, yeah, Zen-like is pretty good for it. So as we move through the night, I love this, I'm getting right into, I did well writing all these questions down and getting them in the right order. Do you have any thoughts about the 3 a.m. witching hour, all that fun, hot air that I, oh, I'm waiting to witness, all that fun oh. stuff? <laughs> um, 3 a.m., they believe it's because it's a mocking of the time when Jesus was um, was crucified, which was 3 p.m. So they, they, they feel that time frame is because of, of Jesus' death is why 3 a.m. Is, is such um, an important uh, time regarding the witching hour. So anything that comes out in the in the middle of the night like that, yeah, uh, it, it, it is more than likely. If you're having something happening at that time, you probably are dealing with something inhuman or demonic because the demonic usually, usually, that does say it doesn't always, but 
um, usually doesn't come out, you know, in the middle of the day. It usually comes out in the wee hours. And I, I do know that when I had the, the thing in my house, that every night between 2.30 and 3.30, I would wake up. And I don't know whether it's just because of its presence. I don't know whether it is trying to, you know, um, alert you at that time. I'm not really sure, but I went through that, that period myself during that, what well, was like two, two and a half months. I, you know, I often, not so much anymore, but there was a time that I was always awake during that, that, that window for one reason or another. And I don't know, is there something to it? But if you don't go to sleep until midnight and you're up, you know, this whole thing kind of can get watered down in a hurry. Because if the spirit wants to play with you and you sleep during the day, do you get up at 3 p.m.? I don't know. See, that's where it gets all kind of convoluted and messy for me, so. And if spirit wants you awake, well, odds are you'll probably be awake. So, so you once in a while, like if you're just if it's just happening like once in a while, just to be, you know, for me, I, I I drink too much caffeine, my sleep is off anyway, so I could wake up at three o'clock in the morning would be nothing. Um, but I think if it's more of a consistent, like every single night for long periods of time, but I think once in a while, if your body just wakes up for whatever reason, and I, I don't think that that really has anything to do with the, the paranormal. You know, the one that catches me, and I, I love people that point this out when it happens, because it ha- this one seems to catch more people's attention. The 11-11 thing, make a wish, all the whole the whole shooting match, uh, drives me nuts, personally. I don't care if it's 11-11 or 11-12. I should be in bed, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> we're eating lunch, one of the two. It should, I should not be worried about what time it is. I should be do, busy doing something. But nevertheless, people always seem to point it out. Okay, so I didn't write down who asked this in the chat room, but I, I want to ask about it. So you go through the post-investigation. I guess I should preference it by starting the question where I'm going to go from. You get through the, the audio and the video, and you go talk to the client. What what other kind of things go into that? Well, the post-investigation, so the investigation is done the entire night, and we've done the clearing and everything, and everything is fine. The post-investigation, because a lot of the cases that we do are two, three, three and a half hours away. So um, once the evidence is gathered, I usually send them copies of it. We have uh, a couple phone conversations just to see how things are going. If everything is going fine, I send them what, you know, evidence that um, I feel they could see. You know, if there's something very um, negative that's directed to, you know, directed to me or, or, you know, my partner, I'm not going to send that to them because that's unneeded negativity they need to see because it's really not directed to them, it's directed towards us because we get a lot of um, hate EVPs and spirit box responses. Um, but that's really all, all there is. I mean, we do the phone conversation and um, if at any time it, anything picks up, then, you know, we will go back. But um, they keep, and, and what's really interesting, there's a, there's a whole handful of our customers that will still just reach out, just to touch base, saying, you know, everything is still fine. We really appreciate, you know, you know, the time that you spent here. We've had people pull out their wallets trying to pay us, um, which we tell them just to, you know, give the donation to the church. You know, we we don't want it just donated to the church. Um, so there's really, you know, like after that night. There's really um, 
nothing more elaborate than just, you know, providing them a few examples of, of what we got. Have, have any of them, have you connected back, say, weeks later just to see, make sure everything's still calm? Oh, yeah, months later. Because that's part of it. I mean, it, like you said, there's that personal, spiritual connection. It Because I think that gets lost often is just run in, do what the, the, the group wants to do, and then kind of goes to on to the next to steal a line from, well, anyways. That isn't trademark, no. is it? If it is, well, their usage is implied. Um <laughs> Man, I'm trying to get nope. myself in trouble tonight. Yeah, so I don't know. no, we 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 do. Um, I have I've had clients because if I if I'm the different period of time, I had a client the uh, um, the one with the the, the the baby that I had um, mentioned earlier. That one case with the baby, um, they had reached out to me was about four or five weeks ago, and uh, we had finished that case up over last. I guess it was last November, uh, last January or February, and they reached out just to say hi and, and still thank us and say everything is great, um, that they, they still appreciate us and, and they still wanted us to keep in touch with them. And if we're ever up in that area doing, and this is what they'll do, especially the people that live far away, they will tell you if you're ever doing a case up here and it's too late to drive back, just come here, you've got a place to stay. And we have people do that all the time because, you know, some of the times when we leave a place, we can be driving back at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to get home, um, depending on, on how far the, the place is. But, you know, we've got places that, you know, we've gone where they've just told us, come. You need a place to stay. You knock on the door. You can stay right here with us. I must do this before we run out of show. So bear with me for 10 seconds. LateNightDebate.net. Question of the night. LateNightDebate.net. Plugging my my own stuff, shameless as it may be, but it's a good site. I love it. Of course, I love it because I just spent too much time putting it together. But anyways, I'm but, writing it down. <laughs> so to the actual question, now that I've stalled far far long enough, what's the mo- what's one of those most memorable moments from an investigation for you? Okay. And it's not going to do, it's not going to include any um, any of the, the critter cases, the demon cases. This, to me, is something that um, I experienced personally, and I don't care if I go to another case and Satan himself waves to me. This will, it, Nothing will top this. We were at a case in North Pennsylvania, and there was a lot of human spirits there that, that we were trying to cross over. Um, it had been a case that and the exorcist for the diocese had actually been through there, and then what was left was a bunch of human spirits, and we were trying to work moving them on. And I'm sitting on the corner of the bed. We're doing prayers. I'm sitting on the corner of the bed, and this lady in the softest voice, as, as you know, we're doing the crossing over prayers, she said to me, goodbye. And it was very light. It was, it was right in my right ear. I just, I can remember it so clearly. And I was just totally, I I couldn't even move. I was just so surprised. And, of course, you know, we're all in the moment, so you don't want to distract from the prayers or anything. But I think that was probably the most remarkable thing that's ever happened to me doing this. 
I've got to admit, that's, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that'd be high on my list, too, if it had happened to yeah. me. We'd like for everybody to, you know, when we, we do the crossing over, because we do that in all the cases as well, and we'd like, you know, them to say goodbye or something, and you're not, you, you don't really get that, you know, you really don't, it's very rare. Um, but that, to me, I think, uh, I, I can't think of anything else that would top that. Yeah, that'll make you ponder what's next and all that other fun stuff, which is probably something we should do on another show because we're fastly running out of time on this one. So I, I've been, I kind of beat around this question and kind of beat up on them already twice. So I'll just ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on the TV shows? On the Ghost Adventures and the Ghost Hunter shows? Yeah, and any of There's a bunch of them out there. That, I mean, those are the two big ones, but... Um, well, I haven't really watched them in, in a very, very long time. Um, I think that um, the premise is good. Um, I think it's very entertaining. Um, I do know that... Um, I can't speak for the Ghost Hunters, but I can speak for the Ghost Adventures. Um, I spent an hour one night on the phone with Father Ashcraft, who's been on um, some of their cases, and um, he says that, you know, they have um, dealt with some very negative things after those shows. So I think that a large majority of it is very real. And I also think that maybe Hollywood um, may have put, you know, a little extra spin to it just for, you know, um, for television. Yeah, well, but you got to sell, as the... As they say, you got to sell the ads, so you have to have some something. But anyways. <sighs> okay, so, okay. I asked you at the beginning of the show for the website. I'm going to ask you again. Okay, it's spirit-chasers.com. And you mentioned in the email about a, a meetup group or some, something like that. Where is that at? But we totally avoided the whole show, but I forgot. Oh, that's, that's fine. I've had a lot of people reach out to me because they want to join the group and, and a lot of people are just, you know, hobbyists and they just want to do it. And then, like I said, this is like a second full-time job, right? So because there was so much interest, I started a meetup group and these are just for a bunch of enthusiasts that want to get together occasionally once a month, you know, we'll do some training with them on equipment. We'll take them to an occasional haunted, you know, location so they can investigate and just, you know, that's totally separate. That's just a totally separate group. It's not part of Spirit Chasers, but it's just a bunch of like-minded people that get together and they can share ideas and, and create, you know, new adventures. And I think that's, and that's something... Do, yeah. As I say, sometimes that's just what people need. They just want to do it for a brief while just to see what it is and experience, confirm or unconfirm some of their beliefs. So they just want to do it for a little while, which is fine, as long as you're doing it in the c controlled circum circumstances. It's easy for me to talk at this point in the night. <laughs> don't have the extra, you know, bandwidth in their life to, to dedicate as much time as, you know, we have to dedicate. And for them to go out, you know, once a month and do something, and, and you know, that's just like a little, you know, a little bonus for them. Well, Tammy, you, this was your first interview, so I got to tell you, it went pretty well, and it, it's rapidly approaching being over. So you did, you did fine. So don't worry about it. You can, do, you, you can feel free to do them again sometime. Thanks, Jim. You made this really easy. Well, having been there before, and well, well you know, it's easy to do because it's good. It's stuff that I know well, so it makes it really easy for me too. So, 
at this point, I'm going to unceremoniously hang up with you and wrap up the show with my direct ad link's final thought here in a second. So, Thank you so much, Jim. It's been a total pleasure. Yeah, it has been. It was fun tonight, which is good. I like fun shows. I like interesting shows, as you know. Kind of getting back to the roots of the Mauer Report. Talking paranormal. And that's what we did. That's what When the show started, that's what I did. Week in, week out. I talked to paranormal investigators from all around the country and um, even Canada. <laughs> My, our brothers to the north, which is a great time. So as we were staring down the barrel of the end of the report, I want to remind investigators out there a few things. Halloween is upon us. So let's, let's remind us. Now, you can go dig back through the archives and find out when I talked about paranormal standards and paranormal leadership. I encourage you to do that if you're running a team out there. Please dig back and find them. The important thing to note through all of this, all of this process is, is first thing, the only thing that we need to remember is be safe while investigating. You must be safe, everything else, spiritually and personally. You must be safe. That brings me to my directadlinks.com. Directadlinks.com. Final thoughts for the evening. Now, for those of you who had the misfortune of watching me on either Periscope or Facebook Live before the show tonight, I'm sorry you're going to hear this again. If you aren't following me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, YouTube's getting a big push right now, trying to get to 500 subscribers before Halloween. I'm probably not going to get there without your help. I need your help. I need you to go over, hit subscribe, tell your friends, get them all there. That is what I'm talking about. But that's not my topic of my direct adlinks final thought. That's just a call to action for you to help me help you. Because the more you share, the better a guest I get, the more fun we get to have with everybody. Not my final thought. My final thought of the evening is... The clowns distracting us from the clowns. Yes, I said it. Julie asked me in the chat room earlier this evening if that was a false flag. These clowns out there. And I thought about it for just a split second, and I thought, boy, isn't it, though? It has to be. Because there's no other way, there's no other reason to have clowns out there running around than distract us from thinking about the clowns we should be talking about. Think about it. Ponder it out. What are the clowns hiding from or for the clowns? That is an awesome thought. They're using clowns to hide the clowns. Boy, I just don't get political too often, but think about it. Talk to me about it. Tell me I'm wrong. You know you want to. TMR247 on Twitter, Facebook, Mallard Report. That's what we got. That's it. I've had enough. We're out.
Connected with Take Two Radio on Facebook or Twitter at Take Two Radio. For email updates on future shows, follow at Blog Talk Radio. For previous episodes, upcoming guests, and more, visit TakeTwoRadio.com. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.